There are four certain things in this life to me. Death, taxes, baseball, and MLB The Show. Death and taxes make sense, because that's a famous saying, but why MLB The Show and baseball? What makes them so special? Well, one is connected to the other, because, well, they both involve baseball. But what's so great about baseball, one may ask? Well, let's put it this way. Does any other sport have the beauty of watching a bunch of men go out on a field and not just play a game because they're paid to do it, but actually have fun doing it? Does any other sport let kids go out and run on the bases every Sunday afternoon? Or interact with fans and give them souvenirs, even when they're maybe way up at the top of the stadium in the nosebleed section? What other sport is so... so... beautiful in that you can have one of the best players in the world get paid half a billion dollars to play the game half the year round and still only have a 30 to 35 percent success rate at the plate. Do you, has any sport ever compared to that feeling you get when you go and watch an October baseball playoff postseason game in the World Series and the crowd's electric and everything's loud and somebody hits a big home run and boom that's the feeling of baseball that's what I love that's one of the things that's certain in my life now you may then ask why MLB the show then Sure, it's a good game, but it surely can't compare to actual baseball. I mean, no, it can't. But what I love about MLB The Show is it takes all the best things out of baseball and puts them accessibly right in your living room on your TV screen for you to experience them yourself. So, then I say again, there are four certain things to me in this crazy life of ours. Death, taxes, baseball, and MLB The Show. So, my name's Dr. Lightning94, and welcome to the first episode of the Baseball Velocity Podcast, where we talk about all the hot, blazing topics of everything baseball and MLB The Show.
Hi everybody, my name is Dr. Lightning94 and I will be your host for this episode 1 of the Baseball Velocity Podcast, talking everything that's hot topiced between MLB and MLB The Show. Now, I've been... I haven't been working on this project, I would say, particularly long, but I have a major passion for all things baseball, if you couldn't tell from that intro segment, and I just wanted to do something where I get a chance to discuss my thoughts on all the interesting things going on in the sport today, and MLB The Show. I mean, it's my favorite game. I'm trying to make YouTube videos and stream on Twitch with it. And I can't have a podcast about baseball without MLB The Show. The two are like bread and butter to me. I love them both dearly. They're like, they're my decompressor in life. If I'm feeling down, middle of summer, or a nice spring day, or a wonderful fall afternoon, I go watch baseball. Right now we're in the winter, so sadly that isn't around for another month till we hit spring training. But... If I'm feeling down or stressed out, I go play MLB The Show. And yes, I admit, some days that makes me even more stressed out. It does all of us. But the beauty of the game is that if I'm that stressed out about it, I can just, poof, go off and play Road to the Show on Beginner. And before you say, why are you doing that? That's such a loser move. If you claim to have not done that at least once in your MLB The Show career, you, sir, are a lying man or woman. No judgment here. Anybody can listen. Free podcast. It's what I'm here for. But everybody, and I mean everybody, has done it one time or another. And let me tell you, that thing is more therapeutic than going and getting a chiropractor that services you 24-7. Just hands down. You're stressed out, boom. Go play and we'll be the show. You want to sit back, relax, and maybe take a nap on the couch and wake up and still have the game going on later for you to enjoy? Boom. Go watch a game of baseball. What is there not to love? Just the energy and the passion and the beauty of everything that happens in baseball and MLB the show. I mean, what more do you want? I see all these people on TV... And in just everywhere that are like, ah, oh, football's the American game. Yeah, baseball sucks. It's too long. Ugh, just give me football any day. It has action all the time. And boy, I love Tom Brady. That's great. I'm glad for you. If your football's your passion, you go. Watch football. Play Madden. You go, man. That's your passion. Go for it. But to say... Football is the American game. Hello? Is football called America's favorite pastime? Has football, Americanized, existed for over 150 years? Has football been able to have the same draw and appeal for so long as baseball has. Does football have those electric November night crowds? I mean, yeah, maybe on that last one. 
but not it's still not at the same level of a World Series game. So, that's why I say baseball is my passion and my pastime and what I do to relax. And I love it dearly for being so. So, on to the reason we have this podcast. So, as I said, I this idea popped in my head not that long ago, and I thought, hey, I've got a whole professional mic and a camera and all that. Why don't I just make a podcast, but make it so where people can either watch a video on YouTube or listen to it on Spotify? Sounds easy in concept, right? So, here I am, making a podcast, which, honestly, is something I never thought I'd hear myself say, but I've always had a passion for talking about baseball, obviously, and computers, and I've discovered in the last year, while working on video editing for my personal MLB The Show YouTube channel, that I also have a passion for editing and content creation, which I find very... It's not that it's hard to do, but I find very hard to make time for it in the busy days of life as I'm currently in college working a full-time job. So I figure, well, if I can't consistently get videos up, which I am trying to do, let's at least try and do something to let people know that I'm still here, I still care, and I want to do something for the MLB and MLB The Show communities. And I certainly want to get my voice heard. So I thought, why not do a podcast? Now, I will admit, some of this credit has to go to Scuffy McGee with his new Inside The Show podcast. I'm not trying to rip him off in any way, and if I highly, highly recommend you go watch his or listen to it. It's wonderful. It's also on Spotify and iTunes, and I forgot the other place it's at, but I listened to episode one last week. Absolute beautiful, marvelous job. Did a great job of basically going over why we all love and sometimes hate MLB The Show. And there was the best part of it was I didn't hear any bias in his voice. He just said it all out, put it like it is, and then gave his personal opinion on it, and then expressed it was his personal opinion, which, honestly, I feel like something that may be lost in today's modern society of the fact that people's opinions are just that. Opinions. So, I'm putting a disclaimer right here, right now. You can clip it. I will certainly make multiple tweets about it. But, I'm disclaiming this right now. This podcast is nothing but my own views and opinions. You can criticize me for them, but you cannot just flat out diss me about them. They are my opinions, and they're going to stay that way. If you have a differing opinion, great job. I'm not going to get on you about it. If you have an opinion that disagrees with me, all I ask is that you listen to my side of the story and how I'm viewing things, and if you still disagree with me, then fine, we can agree to disagree, but I want everything respectful between me and you, the listener, because I value 
each one of you who's taking time out of your day to listen to me ramble on about baseball. Second, if I ever don't clarify anything enough while talking, feel free to hit me up in the DMs. We do have a Twitter. Its Twitter tag is at BaseballVelocityPC. That's basically all one word and lowercase, so just search up that. You'll find our logo, you'll find our Spotify link, and you will find our link to the YouTube channel, which is where all our video podcasts will be. So, big question here. On to the first topic of the day, but big question here that has been going around in my mind for a long time regarding baseball. How much money is too much money? And I realize this may be a very controversial topic given the current situation with the minor league pay, which I do agree is not enough money. But also, I realize Mike Trout is the best player in the game. And trust me, I love the guy. He's an amazing player. The things he does on a baseball field are just astounding. But is he really deserving of almost half a billion dollars? I mean, just, this is no diss against Mike Trout, but just think of it for a minute. Half a billion dollars. I mean, one individual is getting paid half a billion dollars to play a game. Just think about that. You've got to remember, through all this, that's all these guys are doing out there. They're playing a game. Isn't that amazing? The fact that you can make the same amount as a CEO of a major company like Amazon or Google while playing a game that kids love. That's almost astoundingly beautiful and astoundingly horrifying at the same time. And I don't mean horrifying in that I'm... I hate it. I mean horrifying in the fact that it's... It's just almost unfathomable you can make that much money playing a baseball game. Because... I mean, think about it. I work a full-time job and get paid decently well. Now, bear in mind, I'm not up to my full salary potential yet as I'm still in college and I'm only 18, but let's compare my salary to that of, say, the minimum wage of baseball. Because, I mean, I get paid, let's say, $600,000 is what a baseball player slightly above minimum wage makes. For baseball, anyway. I make slightly above minimum wage work anywhere from 25 to 45 hours a week consistently. Pretty much no days off. And I make... Probably 2% of that, if my math is correct. Yeah, just just think about that. The minimum wage for a bench player 
in Major League Baseball is almost $600,000. So, I say again, how much is too much? Because it's weird. Compared to the rest of the world, athletes make more money than everybody but billionaires. Yet, at the same time, minor league athletes make practically peanuts. Minor league athletes make pretty much what I make, and what I make is barely enough to keep me going while living at home and trying to save up for potentially a house. So, I feel like there's a happy medium that needs to be met here between minor league and major league pay because the minimum wage for major leaguers feels like it's too high, but also the minimum, the maximum wage for minor leaguers feels like it's too low. Because I've read all these stories, minor leaguers can sometimes make less than $10,000 a year. A year. And they work just as long and just as hard as us, in a way. And, I mean, it's just crazy because they also have to pay for gas and their meals and sometimes their travel accommodations. I mean, they, they could give up practically half their salary just right there. So, I mean, it is, again, how much is too much and how little is too little. I feel like the minor league salary, if you're going to keep the major league salary at $600,000, the minor league salary needs to be a good 50 to 100. Maybe 100 for AAA players and maybe only go as low as it has been for short season ball because they have the opportunity to have full-time other jobs around them I would think not that I'm claiming to be an expert but just trying to think up a solution here because it's certainly not fair to minor leaguers and it's way too fair to major leaguers so anyway that's just my thoughts on that you can agree with me, you can disagree with me. Again, I realize it's a controversial topic. So, the next thing is, arbitration was, I guess, two days ago now. So, most players agreed, though the Dodgers seem to have some trouble. Though what I found crazy was um, Mookie Betts' arbitration number. Three years of arbitration and a down season last year. See, this also comes into the how much is too much. He's making $27 million out of arbitration, which is practically unheard of, even for elite players, because there's a reason why players love to go to free agency. Because they go from making relative peanuts to where they can raise their salary by a good $10 million if they're really that good and have yet to sign an extension. Look at the case of Francisco Lindor. By the end of his arbitration years, he's probably going to have made, in his last year, 
And if he stays at the same level, I imagine he'll land somewhere around 22, 23, 24, possibly 25 topping out. Because he just agreed for 18.5 million, I believe. But when he goes on the open market, if he plays at the same level with his elite defense, that's going to be 30, 31, 32, 33 million dollars. Elite players get paid more now than they ever did before, even in the last two or three years alone. I mean, look at Nolan Arenado's extension from a year and a half ago, or a year ago, somewhere in there. Eight years, $238 million, at the time considered a record-setting deal, especially for being an extension. Look at some of the contracts that have been inked this year. In the amount of time it's taking me to read this sentence, or say this sentence, Garrett Cole just made about $20. Think about that. In the amount of time it took me to say all that, Garrett Cole made $20. That's how much he's getting paid in such a short time span. How much is too much? In comparison, Max Scherzer, an equally good pitcher four years ago, inked a record deal, I believe, or close to record deal, for around $220 million. Garrett Cole is making 325 if I recall. So how much is so much that baseball will inflate too much and then have to backtrack on contracts because they won't be able to keep up? Yes, the economy's on the rise, but eventually, even though baseball teams are worth one to $1.5 billion, eventually you think we're going to cross a threshold where a player gets paid and no matter how good that player is it is literally too much and I just I wonder what will happen after that day because once you cross that track there is no going back it just it's there to stick because the higher you put players salaries now the higher players are going to demand later that's why I'm asking the question, how much is too much? Because there is a danger of crossing a threshold here. Yes, Mike Trout is a one-of-a-kind player, but does he really deserve, for playing a baseball game 162 times a year, $440 million? Most people do not make $440 million in their lifetimes. Mike Trout is making that in a decade. A decade. Let me repeat that for you very, very specifically. Mike Trout is making $440 million in a decade, and most of you won't make that in a century. Just think about that for a minute. Does that seem... I'm not going to say ethically right, but for lack of a better term at the moment, ethically right. And morally right. Yes, Mike Trout is the best player in the world. Yes, he has talent. Yes, he deserves to get paid. And in baseball today, he should get paid probably a good $200 million. But that just, that's almost 
That's a $35 million average annual value. He's making $35 million a year, and he's only technically working six, seven, possibly eight months out of that year. The rest, he just stays at home and goes to the gym, basically. The rest of us are out here working nine to fives, working our asses off, and we don't get paid close to that. Not that I'm demanding that we need a pay raise, because... In, and this is another controversial topic, but the minimum wage raise, which is kind of in relation to this, the minimum wage raise, wage raise was good in concept. However, when you raise it without the economy going way, 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 way up and things becoming cheaper to buy, you're taking money basically out of the top of the bottle and pouring it back in the bottom, which is then going to cause inflation on products. It's simple economics. I'm not saying that because of political 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 view. I'm saying that because it's just a fact. So, how much is too much. Just something for you guys to think on. The next topic I want to talk about, which is another big one in the MLB community that has been had everybody buzzing for the last month, is the fact that Sony San Diego Studio, MLB, the MLB Players Association, PlayStation, Xbox, and Nintendo America all had a joint press release stating that the contract for MLB The Show has now been renewed past the year 2021. And here's the big ticket. It will be coming to multiple consoles for MLB The Show 21 with the next generation with the PlayStation 5 and Xbox Project Scarlet. And whatever the new Nintendo Switch is, if there's going to be a new one. Because Nintendo runs on a different life cycle than Xbox and Sony for whatever reason. I am beyond words happy about this, and I will be even more beyond words happy if they have a way to link your PlayStation, Xbox, and Nintendo accounts so you can play the same Diamond Dynasty team on whichever device you want. Because, theoretically now, rather than packing up my entire PlayStation setup to go to a friend's house for the night if I want to play MLB The Show with them and they don't have one, why, that's no problem. Just take your much tinier Nintendo Switch, plug it in your TV, hand them a Joy-Con, and poof! Instant, portable MLB The Show. This is again why I say hopefully Diamond Dynasty, because I'm not going to have time to grind both Nintendo Switch Diamond Dynasty and PlayStation 4 Diamond Dynasty. That doesn't make much sense now, does it? So I'm saying I really hope there is a link-up system, because then I could take MLB The Show with me to college, to work, wherever, whenever, however. Which, honestly, thrills me to death, because I love MLB The Show. Yes, there were problems with it this year. Yes, I've gotten frustrated with 18 and 19. Yes, pitching RNG is a bitch. But... 
I still love MLB The Show and Sony San Diego Studio because MLB The Show will always be my game no matter how bad it is and I can see SCS those guys pour their hearts and their souls into this game and they want the best game for us the community I truly believe that even if the product on the field does not always represent the intentions made by the developers and I feel like the community around here has just forgotten that concept I guess because there was a moment in the middle of the year if you know you know but I'm not going to name any names but I know exactly who I'm thinking of and most of you watching this if you've been in the community in the last year for all of MLB 19 and have watched all the twitch streams you're gonna know who I'm talking about but there was a guy on an MLB The Show 19 live stream around All-Star Weekend. And the game was not in a good spot right then. There had been a patch released called 1.13, which kind of jacked up the game and made everybody line out, and pitches couldn't be located. And it was a down point for this year, and everything was just a mess. And we were all stressed out over the havoc that was MLB The Show 18, if you don't know about that, simply make a Google of it. Trust me, you will find results. But everybody was stressed out and kind of ticked off over that. And chat was being excessively obnoxious that day. MLB The Show did this new thing called Twitch Drops this year, and everybody was just spamming the word drops in the chat because we were all frustrated and we didn't want to get banned by saying what we actually felt. So everybody just started spamming drops for fun. Now, I get that probably wasn't the nicest thing to do. And I admit I did it once or twice and I do feel bad for it. And I realize the developers are only human and can only fix so much. However, what really made the relationship between the developers and the game community rocky was the fact that there's certain individual who was a guest and is supposed to be one of the more prominent members of the MLB sh the show community on Twitch um thought the live stream had turned off and immediately went into this rant about how chat and the community were so toxic and we should just be done with them and basically you could have read it as ah these guys are just shitheads we should get rid of them and we should just stop making the best game for them because they obviously aren't mature enough to deserve it basically he sounded like a big fat diva I mean, it was bad. I immediately texted my friend on Twitter. I was like, hey, did you just hear and see what I think I just heard and saw? Because that was, I mean, I, I went from fine to just completely balls to the wall triggered. Not because of SDS agreeing with him because, I mean, 
they honestly seemed he took it a little too far and were kind of awkwarded out by it, but they just kind of laughed along and, you know, were ignoring it. That's fine, I guess. I get why you thought that, but anyway. Um, so, the fact was that one of these prominent members of the community dissed his entire community. What annoys me to this day is the dude still draws a consistent 100 viewers on his Twitch channel, even though that is almost crossing the line into, in my opinion, unforgivableness. He hasn't apologized, he hasn't changed his actions, and in my opinion, he's still a stuck-up jackass. Full stop. I respect the guy putting on his grind and becoming a prominent member of the community, however... It is not right, nor is it ethical or moral, to go and completely call out an entire chat like that just because they are frustrated with the game. We realize the developers get frustrated and have lives, and they're human, and this probably affects them more than we'd like. Yes, there are some toxic members of the community that choose to ignore that fact and take it a step too far. However, my opinion is this. You do not put out this shit if you do not take it. Okay? So, I always tell a person who's extremely pissed off by MLB The Show and is about getting close to crossing the line, I always tell them this scenario. Imagine you were one of the developers there, and of course, if you were a developer there, you'd be super hype and super proud of your job because, I mean, you're making a video game for the best sport in the world. Who wouldn't be pumped? But if you were a developer there, and you had some random idiot in, I don't know, say, somewhere from Timbuktu, type in chat, directed at you personally, this long rant about how stupid you are for not being able to fix your game because that is your only job in life. And how bad of a person you are because you're so idiotic that you can't even fix this one itty-bitty problem. And of course, bear in mind, this person who's criticizing has no clue what it takes to write a video game code or anything and how would you take that if you were a video game developer knew all about code knew what the problem was but you had spent all week staying up late trying to fix it for the life of you but could not because the problem was with multiple chains of code that could not be fixed until the next release of the game yet if you tell the community that they're probably not going to buy it because they won't believe that it'll be fixed so, I mean, just look at it that way. We have unintentionally put SDS in this kind of rock-in-a-hard-place position because, yes, there are problems with the game. We all realize that, yes, some of them do deserve criticism, and we do try to tell them, and let's be frank here, a lot of the problems from last year have been fixed. Contact hitters matter. Not every ball is a home run, even though that's kind of controversial because of lineouts, but we're not going to get into that discussion today. So yeah, we're not going to get into that today. But, I mean, 
just look at it this way, just for a minute. These guys are doing their best and improve content by a thousandfold this year and solve several problems and work around the clock day and night. What really got me to have sympathy for them again was a live stream in late October. They released several patches throughout the last couple months trying to fix the lineout situation. None of them worked. And they were getting ready to release one last big one, which, I mean, helped a little, but wasn't. it, it hasn't helped completely. But I still appreciate the fact they tried this hard. But beginning of a live stream, they have one of the developers come in, and the man looks like he's on his deathbed. I mean, he's just exhausted, dark circles under his eyes. I mean, he even said himself, you can tell he has been up late at the office every night this week, working his butt off to try and fix this game that we're all pissed about. And it really just made me stop and think for a minute. Because if they're willing to work this hard, even if the game has problems, we should give them more of the benefit of the doubt. Because... They're at least trying. Look at EA. They can be trying, but they're not really trying because they have 10 times more staff and 100 times more budget, so they can just have their developers sit and work on one tiny part all day because they don't need to actively try to fix their game, nor do they actually end up attempting to fix their game unless there is a major problem. Madden has basically been the same game for the last five years with a different cover, different user interface, and new players added in. I don't think they really changed the code at this point. Just from playing the game the last three editions myself, even if it hasn't been for that long. It just feels like the same game. And maybe it works differently because that's football and there's not any of the ball physics or bat-on-ball mechanics or weird fielding animations. Maybe that's true. But it feels like SDS does a good job of trying their best to put out a new and different game built from the ground up with all the new specifications each year. And I appreciate them for that. I respect them for that. And if that's the case, that's great. So, MLB The Show 20, I think, is going to be one of the best additions that we've had, with all that said. Because, here's my point. Most people focused on the lineout problem from this year. But most people focused on the lineout problem from this year, as I was saying. So, that's good. That's okay. If they fix the lineout issue, that would be great. However, I don't believe the lineout issue is the main problem. If the lineout issue were the main problem, then it. Yeah, I mean, that would help. But I feel like we'd go back to 18 if only the lineout issue were fixed. 
because the bigger problem in my opinion is pitching RNG you throw a pitch you get relatively close to the circle in the pitching analog meter and it goes about five inches away from where you actually wanted it now the weird part about this is it only happens online not on off I can normally hit my spots on offline pitching very well even on legend difficulty I try to pitch online I instantly cannot locate a pitch to save my life I tried I played in a tournament all day yesterday I could not put a pitch in the right spot to save my life unless it was a fastball and it was high and it wasn't even guaranteed which side of the plate it was gonna be when it was high you can throw a slider that's down and away get a good release on it, and it will hang perfectly down the middle for somebody to annihilate for a home run that could cost you the game so my argument is if they fix pitching RNG they fix most of the game yes offense will be drastically lowered if it's only pitching RNG and offense will be drastically higher if it's only lineouts both really need to be fixed at the same time but if they can at least fix one going into next year then I have confidence they can then Focus on fixing the other going into MLB The Show 21, which is really the game I'm worried about. Because they've proven they can release content this year easy peasy. They simply, not necessarily replicate, but kind of try to replicate the results of MLB 19's content, which was the best content year of the show's history, in my opinion. With that, all that said... MLB The Show 19 is has been my favorite MLB game to date. may sound crazy, but it's true. The content was amazing. The gameplay was okay. It wasn't horrible. It's better than 18. It's probably the best hitting edition we've had since, I'd say, 16 or 17. So, kudos to SDS on that. I guess I said all that just to say that I believe in SDS. I believe the game will get better. I will keep playing the game. I will pre-order and buy the deluxe edition of the game every single year. This is the only game I play. Baseball is the only game I watch pretty much except for a little bit of football here and now, now and then. So, with all that said and showing you why I am passionate about baseball and MLB The Show, why are you passionate? Why do you like baseball and MLB The Show? Who do you root for? So, I'm going to put up a tweet on our Twitter, at BaseballVelocityPC, and you guys can go type in all your responses to the questions, and we will feature some of them in the next podcast. But, just bear in mind... Some things can go wrong in baseball. Ref um, umpires can blow a call. And some things can go wrong in MLB The Show. Developers can blow a call. But just remember this. They're all only human. They deserve just as much a chance as we would give ourselves. And even if they do have screw-ups that last a year or two, you know they're not just sitting on their butts doing nothing. They're trying to fix it. So... With all that said, this is a preview of 
the future of the Baseball Velocity Podcast. These are the types of stories we will be talking about. It's about the hot, blazing fastball topics of MLB and MLB The Show. Thank you all for listening. I really hope that you enjoyed it. If you guys have any criticism or ideas or something that you just think would make the quality better feel free to let me know but thank you all for listening please give all our sites a follow on twitter on youtube on spotify so you can keep listening because we will have one of these a week every monday morning and we will talk about the week in mlb the show and in MLB with spring training starting next month. Don't forget, 31 days away at the time of this recording. And MLB The Show is only two months out. So remember, get your pre orders in now. So thank you all for listening. This has been Dr. Lightning94, your host for the first episode of the Baseball Velocity Podcast. With that being said, this is Dr. Lightning94. Have a good Monday, everybody.